Welcome to the Mavens Do It Better podcast. And now, your host, Heather Newman. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Maven's Do It Better podcast. I'm super excited today to have on um, Alicia Dara, and she is amazing. Uh, she and I have known each other for a while, and but hadn't really sort of met and talked in a while. So um, I got to catch up with her, and she is a voice teacher. She's a coach. She's a musician. She's a blogger. She's a badass. Um, <laughs> all of those things. <laughs> yep. And uh, welcome. Say hi to everybody. Thank you. Yeah. Hello. Heather, your voice. Can we talk about it? <laughs> well, I was just telling my husband, I understand why she has a podcast, because people just want to bathe in the sound of that gorgeous purple voice. It's oh. really, it's rare and beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Well, and right back at you. It's so, I, when we were talking the other day, I was like, I was just like, just, just say more things, please. That's so good. So, yeah. Oh, that's sweet of you to say. I'm getting over the flu, honestly, this week, so it's not my best voice day, but I, I'm hydrated. I'm a little caffeinated. I'm even <laughs> mentholated. I think I'm going to be okay. I know it's like slather on the Vicks, right? I think, yes, yes, exactly. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Get that. Uh, what are those? You know, the oil diffusers, and you know, get some yes. of that good eucalyptus or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Free the lungs. Yes. Free the breath. Free the breath for sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I know that you are. You know, obviously, you you do your your voice t- teacher with singing and public speaking, and then you mm-hmm. also do a bunch of group training, uh, that, and it's public speaking boot camp for women, right? I do. So I yeah. give different kinds of trainings. My most popular training by far is called public speaking boot camp for women. Yes. And it is a dedicated training in which we work on the three buckets of skills. You've got the basic anatomy bucket. It's how your voice works and how to take care of it going forward. You've got your sort of charisma bucket, which is kind of the way that you project who you are in the world. And the third one really has to do with like your content and whatever it is that you're going to say and how you're going to say it. So it is also a great... A wonderful team bonding exercise for women. It's one of the reasons why I was made a Microsoft vendor, actually, because I was oh, there yeah. doing it so much, and, right. and so many women were having this experience. And the first time I went in to give a training at Microsoft on campus to my friend's uh, team in the Women in Gaming group, uh, I noticed right away that many of the women were sort of greeting each other as soon as they came in the room, as if they kind of didn't really know each other, like they had seen each other around here and there, but they weren't really like sort of like that close to each other. And uh-huh. after the, the boot camp, everybody was, you know, talking and laughing and there was so much great feedback. I got so many people telling me, wow, it was so great for us to just kind of bond in that experience. So it has that added benefit. It's wonderful. And I give it regularly to the public as well. So it's a great place to meet other fantastic women and work on your public speaking in a supportive and encouraging environment. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, I'm, you know, you and I both share a, you know, a Microsoft connection for sure. Cause yeah, yes. you know, with my history right. on the SharePoint team and, you know, being an employee, being a vendor and being a partner, all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, so I was really interested in that from that perspective because it's, yeah. it's really, yeah. And, you know, I had um, Julia White, uh, who's corporate vice president of Azure Marketing on, and uh-huh. um, she's just such a light and she's such a powerful woman and, and a speaker and, you know, um, all everything. And we, we talked a little bit about that, about, you know, because we see her, you know, um, on most keynotes that have, that are in that space. And yes. she talked about, you know, being, you know, not being like, oh my goodness, I got to get on stage and I got to figure it out, you know, and 
and I and I love that people are willing to share those stories because you know public speaking is something that is high on the list of like spiders and sharks. You know, it's it, terrible. It, <laughs> <laughs> it know? really is. Yeah, Julie's kind of a legend. It, it's public speaking is one of those things that that is so. Um, it has such a kind of a glow around it. It has such a glow of terror for so many people. And the funny thing is, well, once people sort of come into the full power of their voice, they actually tell me that they start speaking up for themselves in every area of their lives. Yeah. So the way that I think about it is that there's a lifetime value. Like when you actually take a public speaking training, and you decide you're going to work on your public speaking in a dedicated way. You're actually working not just on that particular event that you're that you're working on but also really on your on the way you present yourself in the world and yes. for women especially that is so important you know it's so important that we're able to speak up and represent who we are and what we believe in um both at work but also just in our lives it's it's crucial for us yeah absolutely I, yeah no so on point yeah i i credit a woman uh named donna messina who is an english teacher back in high school um and a few other teachers there, but her for sure. She was my speech coach for um, the oratory team. And, oh, great. Uh, so I was an original orator, and I did a you know seven-minute memorized speech, and mine was on uh, why censorship is un-American. And, uh, Ooh. Yeah, a little fiery, of course, I guess. Love but, it. <laughs> but she really, <laughs> that was the first person that, like, really, outside of my family, you know, it's but it's different when someone else does it, I think, that's outside your your family or your sort of group. And she really <clears throat> was like, let's talk about your voice. And I'm not talking about what you sound like, but what you have to say and who you are and how you show right. up. Right. And right. That was really an important, she was, an, she is still and was an important person in my life on that journey for sure. Oh, so, that's great. Heather. Yeah. I, there has been a lot of social science to correlate between having a really strong uh, background, like oratorial background in high school mm-hmm. and having higher self-esteem. There's a correlation there apparently, yeah. which I didn't know about. I just found out about. Hmm. So in other words, kids who take oratory and speech and debating and stuff rate themselves higher in self-esteem than kids who don't. Oh, that, that, that I, yes, that would make sense to me for sure. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's very cool. And so you, you also, amongst your uh, boot camps and, and, and uh, holding, you know, workshops, you're also, so you have five original solo records as a musician? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. And I actually, I actually sing and play in a band right now, too. So, what's the, so band? I started, what's the band? Oh, my band is called Diamond Wolf. Nice. DiamondWolfMusic.com. Oh, yep, okay. Diamond Wolf. Cool. So, I was born into a family of professional symphony musicians. Oh. And um, everybody in my community when I was growing up at home in Vancouver, BC, everybody was a musician, everybody was an artist of some kind. Mm-hmm. And um, music is very natural for me. I was trained in New York City in musical theater. Yeah. And I've been a singer my whole life. And I started when I was really young. I made my first record in 96. Wow. (laughs) Um, So I made a lot of records and I also play guitar and I've written all my songs, etc. Diamond Wolf is my main band right now, although we've taken a year hiatus to get a bunch of fun stuff done. But we're going to release our second record this year. Super excited about it. Everything got recorded to analog tape. It sounds sweet. Oh, nice. Close harmony, folk rock singing. Uh It's a great it's a great time. I just love it. That's so cool. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, I, we talked a little bit about both of us being theater majors. And, yes. You know, and, and what's interesting is I have another friend, Liz Sundet, who's, uh, she was uh, an arts major as well, and she's a Microsoft MVP. And, you know, uh-huh. when, when you start digging around in, in technology, you know, I think the bridge between 
music and mathematics and then developing and coding is, you know, there, there's so many synergies that go along with that, you know? Yeah. And also improvisation. I just had this conversation the other day with a really close friend of mine who is also an actor and works mm. occasionally at Microsoft as a speech coach. Uh -huh. There is something about improvisation. Like I, I'm constantly advocating for improvisation wherever I go for improv training because it is so important to be able to think on your feet yes. and to be able to flow with ideas mm -hmm. and to create something out of nothing is right. such an important skill, I think. And so many of the people that I meet in the tech industry who are kind of stuck in, in, in career, stuck in their sort of where they want to go, what they want to do. You know, it's amazing. Working on public speaking and improvisation really opens them up. It's yeah. kind of amazing. You yeah. Know? And again, and again, you know, if you really want to be a great public speaker, you absolutely have to improvise because you have to be able to answer questions. You have to be five levels deep on your subject. You have to be able to be articulate and compelling and engaging, not just in the prepared portion of your speech, but in the moments when you're on the spot answering questions and, and really helping people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, yeah. And, you know, with theater training, you get that, you know, um, yeah, those of yeah. us who are there you know i remember um we were doing a maravo play called the game of love and chance when i ran a theater company with folks in seattle and um my wig fell off <laughs> and, and my partner on stage with me was kneeling around me because he was begging me to, to like marry him or something like that and i threw my head back and my wig fell off and the audience like died right and he was like looking at me because he couldn't see that my wig had fallen off right but like in that moment it was like what do we do do i pick it up and we went on and he like looked around me which made everybody laugh even more but I think also <laughs> transferring that kind of stuff into being like a, a producer, I think that there's a lot of us, um, and anytime you build something, you're, you're a producer or a maker, right? Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. improvisation is super important with that because, you know, sometimes, you know, that thing doesn't fit there and what do we do to make it work and can I get the elephant to show up in Times Square with Adam Levine on it? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Did you actually do that, Heather? No, really I didn't, out? but it's I, I love that example, and I use it all the time because it makes people laugh, but I was like, I wonder if I was asked to do that, if I could really get oh, it done. Oh, I totally believe you could. My money's on you, babe. <laughs> My money's on you. I think so, too, but um, but yeah, I just wouldn't paint the elephant pink or anything because you shouldn't do that to animals, but anyway. Yes, yes. yes no, that's true. For sure, but um, yeah, so, and <laughs> I know that you, um, so you're in, what city are you in? Tell everybody. Seattle. Okay. I'm in Seattle. Yep, absolutely. So coming to us from Seattle. And today I'm um, at home in Marina Del Rey. So and we're obviously doing this virtually. Um, I know that you also uh, have, uh, from your bio and from talking to you and everything, that you have been an activist since you were about 15. And I have been, yes. Yeah, so will you talk a little bit about that? About that? Cause sure. Because close to my heart, too, and love for you to talk yeah. about that. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, yeah, I've been a feminist activist since I was 15 years old. When I was 15, a teacher in my classroom at home in Canada stood up in the classroom and spewed out some horrible anti-choice rhetoric. And I stood up and I pointed my finger at him and I said, you can't do that. And he threw me out of the classroom and I went right down the hall to the principal's office and I told him what happened. And I later learned much later that he had been censured, which is kind of a big deal in Canada when you wow. grew up there. Okay. Um, and because of that, I was voted most likely to start a new feminist movement uh, <laughs> in my high school yearbook, Sure. which is not, it was not meant as a compliment. It was, it was a pejorative. It was a put down. Right. Yeah. Um, because, you know, at that time it was still kind of a dirty word and sort of considered to be kind of a throwback and stuff. And, and I already knew who I was. I already was fine with it. Um, you know, I, it wasn't a problem for me, but, um, ever since then, that was my first real lesson in understanding like, Oh, if you, if you stand up for something, 
that you really believe in that is controversial, people are going to call you an activist and you better be ready to do that. You yeah, know? absolutely. So, um, so I, yeah, so I serve on the board of advocates of Planned Parenthood of the Great Northwest uh, because women's healthcare and wellness is my passion, mm-hmm. my, my other passion. Yep. Aside from women's voices. Yes, sure. <laughs> and uh, periodically I go around and I talk about the work that I do, that I've done volunteering with Planned Parenthood. I've done everything from, uh, you know, stapling papers together to photocopies to um, speaking at events. And I and I also put together a couple years back, I put together a CD compilation of Northwest fans mm. uh, to benefit Planned Parenthood. And it's kind of my spiritual mother. I love it. And I also just really uh, work very hard to make sure that every woman that I come in contact with, every woman that I'm with really understands her value and is really in touch with that and really sees the bigger picture in terms of how important women's voices really are. It's funny, Heather, I love that at the beginning of this of this intro, you called me a badass because I just sent out an email yesterday to uh, my mailing list, which is how I mostly communicate with everybody. Through yes, email. for sure. Um, I, uh, I sent out this email about how I can't stand the term badass women. Ah, that's hilarious. <laughs> and, and about why it sort of bothered me. And really it comes yeah. down to the fact that, and there's, there's a, you know, there's a whole argument to be made about it. Oh, absolutely. Sides, but, sure. but for me, um, what I wrote in my post just briefly to summarize, because it was quite, quite a long one. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait that, to read it. Yeah. Um, women are constantly being told how to be women. Mm-hmm. And, for sure. and we're under enormous, just huge, enormous cultural, political and, and social scrutiny. Every single thing we do, every single thing we wear, every single thing we think, every single thing we say is under scrutiny. And, yep. and really creating this sort of category of like, you know, women who are like badass creates another category of women who are not. And ultimately, <laughs> I believe that's sure. bad for women. Actually. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's kind of the so, term Wonder Woman, too, right? Well, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I think women who are living under horrible violence and oppression and poverty are yeah. badass Wonder Women, and Absolutely. I don't think any of them are getting any kind of like credit for that. Right? They're know? not called badasses on a podcast necessarily. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Totally, yeah, yeah. totally. So, I mean, like, it's just really a question of kind of understanding the sort of bigger picture at work. Yeah. But for me, it all comes back to women's voices. The thing that I've learned in the twenty plus years I've been doing this job is that women's voices are always about women's power, mm-hmm. how we feel about our power, how we broadcast our power to the material world and how the world responds to that power. Mm-hmm. So in my activism in my and in my work that I do as a voice coach, a professional coach, yep. I'm always keeping these things in mind. And I'm always asking myself, how can I help make women's voices stronger today? That's my mandate. Right. Yeah. I love, I love that. And I um, thank you for sharing that because I feel sure. like... Um, but it, it, I swear, it, it, I, I just I had a couple of conversations earlier today talking about, oh gosh, inclusion, inclusion, and belonging, and diversity, and all of that, and and uh, you know, and and thinking and how you spoke about the um, fe- feminism and the word feminist, and and that where it's a dirty word and hearkening back to a dirty word, and I mean today it's it's still a dirty word and in, in yeah, many course, in many camps course, right yeah. right but but it also like I, I wrote a piece about how words matter and you know like dissecting sort of say the word badass you know if you look at what is it is it Jen who wrote the book you're a badass it's Jen Shapiro I believe uh yes yeah yes. Who's a, you know she's amazing and she's a great coach Jen is a great yeah coach. oh my yeah. god yeah and she's see someone I you know in the in the myriad of like coaches and all of that you know you've had so many male voices especially you know you, you i mean you hearken back to napoleon hill and that whole think and grow rich mm-hmm. and tony robbins and you know so like zig ziglar and all that kind of stuff and and, and I, I was talking to a friend i was like who who are the who are the women oh yeah can we name five can we name ten can we name two you know sure and 
that, so that was kind of interesting in talking about that. And then dissecting words, say like the word badass or Wonder Woman, just like we were talking. And I, and I love it that you just wrote that and I called you that. It's fantastic. And, and because it is something that I, I'm, I'm like, we're all evolving all the time, right? And we're all trying to say yes. the right things. Or, you know, we ha- I had an issue with somebody, um, it wasn't me, but uh, I referenced Renee, Brene Brown's book where she used the word gypped. And she had yes. someone come up to her and, and, and looking at sort of intersectionality of yes. the, the vitriol that somebody came at her with. Oh my goodness. But then, you know, she got, she said, well, she shouldn't have came at me that way, but it's like, wait a minute, somebody who's been oppressed or, you know, had years of discrimination and all of that, they have a right to be mad, right? I mean, yeah, it's funny (laughs) about the word feminism. Like I, I, I think that when I was younger, I thought that I had feminism all figured out. And really what I had figured out was white feminism. Mm -hmm. Like I had a really good sense of what that is, you know, intersectional feminism and understanding the fact that all, you know, most people don't even know what that word means, but really the fact that all movements of oppression prop each other up. And so all movements of social justice are connected. It's so important for us to understand. And, and the concept of intersectional feminism, I think promotes a personal evolution that is so powerful, you know, Mm -hmm. and the, and just the constant awareness and the understanding that we are always evolving. We're always out here learning. We're always, you know, hopefully we're always maintaining an openness and understanding of what it is that we really want for the world. I was just reading right before we got on with our talk, I was just reading a, a just a terrible uh, report today about um, just the, you know, this, this woman who's a, an amazing um, trans activist. She just uh, spoke at an event. She's the human, she's the, the PR spokesperson for the human rights campaign. Ah. And she was just speaking at an event in the UK mm-hmm. and there were some women who attacked her for being a trans woman and they did it very, very publicly and they did it in this very big official event. Wow. And this woman just held herself with so much grace and she said, you know, we just finished this extraordinary event where I spoke to all these young trans people and I'm not going to let this incident of hatred, you know, over overshadow that. Right. But really, you know, and these women who were attacking her actually call themselves feminists. They, they call themselves radical trans exclusionary feminists. They have a, they have a vision of what that means to them, hmm. you know. Wow. And all of these things are very, these issues are very hot. They're very charged Mm -hmm. you know yeah and but but hopefully ideally it doesn't culminate in people's minds becoming narrower narrower and more full of hatred hopefully we stay open we have a dialogue with each other and we respect each other's fundamental human rights and and ideally that's that's the place we want to live in yeah agreed yeah and uh, yeah i mean i i was saying i was like you know my like with you also being a theater major i was like you know when when i say look at myself and i'm like well my art my heart is of an artist. That's kind of where I start. And then me too. Right. You know, like mm-hmm. that's where, that's where my, where it starts, you know? And then, you know, I'm a marketer and a brander and a strategist, you know, and, and mm-hmm. then, then, yeah, you're a world builder. Yeah. That's your well, thing. Yeah. Thank you for that. But, yeah. um, but then, you know, and then there's the things you care about, right. And that you're passionate about and all of that, that stem out from that and whatever those things are and whatever you call them. But, you know, it's definitely, God, I, I really enjoy doing the work in, these spaces of women and voices and, and inclusion and all of that, but it's hard, you know, of course it is. Of it's, course it is. And, and, and I'm like, and, and I say that, and maybe somebody is listening and they're like, Oh, poor you, Heather Newman. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm sitting here as a white privileged woman who gets to do a podcast cause she can. So yeah, yeah. I know that, <laughs> yes, you know, well, like, yes. I'm aware, you know? So, yes. um, but it is, I love the connection and looking at what you've been doing of like, the intersect your intersectionality if you will or, or maybe just more your your life of where you've taken something that where that's very artistic and 
you're, you're, you've been, you know, bringing it to other people, being a world builder of your own and helping people find their voices and also coloring that with all the things that you come to the table with. You know? Thank you. I so appreciate that. And, and I will say, I think that there, I think the arts are part of the solution. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm sitting here in my office looking at a poster by Shepard Ferry that says make art, not war, you know? Oh my I, I goodness. Think, I have that know? in my bathroom. Oh, that same poster. Oh, that's awesome. I just got it. I had my eye on it forever and I just got it framed. That's great. awesome. I, I think that the arts are part of the solution. And I think that there is so much to be said for, for a mind, you know, a, a human mind and heart that is, that is connected to the arts and to, and to what, what the purpose of the artist is. My father used to talk to me when I was younger about what the, what the purpose of the artist is in society, yes. which is to, which is to reflect culture, to express culture and ultimately to help create culture. Yes. And, and hopefully, you know, again, really to work toward, toward a fulfillment of, of supreme human rights, which is kind of, you know, so, so much of what artists are doing, especially now, I think is expressing, but really throughout history is just expressing, you know, a, a, a tremendous, um, a uh, 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 release for for so many oppressive and oppressed cultures. You know, anytime there's a there's a conventional saying in academia and the arts, which is that anytime artists are forced underground, the art that they make becomes extraordinary. It just kind of explodes. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that we're seeing that now. And I and I do think that there is a place for an artistic mind and for the artist at every level of society, everywhere, really mm-hmm. in every in every level of business and industry. Just like there's a place for women in every level of business and industry. You know? Absolutely. So I appreciate that too in a big way yeah well and you know song just simple songs that you know kept people going during all kinds of situations just even that little thing you know like the oh yeah throughout history right oh my goodness just that just a simple song that people would sing quietly to keep their hearts from i don't know breaking exploding you know just yeah i just i was like i was like you just give me goosebumps okay so um (laughs) (laughs) um let's talk oh so um Let's talk about uh, you are writing a book. Let's talk about that. Oh, goodness. Uh, thank you. Yes. yes. <laughs> thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. So I've been working on this book that comes from a lot of the stuff that I teach during my training called Public Speaking Bootcamp for Women because I've been contacted by women around the world. Uh, I've been contacted by women from India and, and from uh, China and from Japan and from many different places that I've never been and don't know if I ever will be able to travel to. I would certainly love to, but, but just in case I can't, right. <laughs> I'm working on this book that really kind of um, takes a lot of the things we work on in the boot camp and a whole bunch of other stuff come, that comes from my years of experience of, of just thousands and thousands of hours of observing women and working with women at close range and kind of kind of takes it and it's an amalgamation of all the lessons I've learned and it is a little bit prescriptive and it's got a whole bunch of tips and tricks for working on your voice and it's coming out sometime this spring cross your fingers <laughs> if you would like to know more please sign up on my email list via my website I love to communicate with everybody I am active on social media I'd like to say but I really do love communicating with people via my list my email list um, and I'm so excited about it. And very shortly, I'll have a cover. I'll have the cover of the book. And have some updates for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. I'm excited. Fun. I'm excited. That's awesome. When, when you yeah. get ready for that, I would love a couple to, um, I'll get some from you and pay you for them, obviously, but I'd love to, <laughs> I'd love to give them to a couple of our listeners and maybe do it a would be my pleasure. contest my around pleasure. that. That would yes. be awesome. Yes. Oh, oh yes. My a contest would be great. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. love contests. Okay. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, so, uh, Gosh, um, so much. Uh, uh, so it's something that I'm, I, I always ask everybody and that I'm very interested in is that, you know, I, looking at 
moments of sort of macro moments, micro moments in your life. And there's always the big things, you know, sort of the, you know, uh, loves and deaths and marriages or kids or what, you know, like all of those biggies. Right. And then there's all the little ones where you're like, Oh my goodness, that little one thing that was just a word or a smile or something just was the spark that led me to X, Y, Z. And so can you think of uh, what's, what's your spark? Like maybe one of those things that where you were like, Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, (laughs) I saw Anita Hill, Professor Hill, Dr. Anita Hill speak. So in 2011, I was asked to make the, uh, what we call the ask at a Planned Parenthood fundraiser Mm -hmm. uh, here in Seattle. And it was, it was unbeknownst to me. It was at that time, uh, the biggest uh, luncheon uh, for Planned Parenthood Votes Northwest at the time it was called the organization. So the, the political advocacy arm of Planned Parenthood sure. uh, had a big annual fundraising luncheon. Um, and it was at that time the biggest luncheon, you know. And Jay Inslee, our now governor, uh, was there. Um, and and I and I had to make the ask of the donors. And also I had to introduce him. And it was like, you know, up till that point, the highest pressure, I think, public speaking gig I had ever really done. Right. And our guest of honor was Professor Hill, Dr. Rita Hill. And um, and I just remember, like, there was this moment she took the stage. And, you know, she's kind of a petite woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's one of these people who just radiates this enormous presence. Wow. And, I, and I just remember when she took the stage, there were two moments for me. One was just when she stepped up to the microphone. I immediately felt the entire weather system in the room change. Yeah. It was so dramatic and you couldn't, there's no way, there's nothing you could point to. Like it all happened sort of energetically, like on an energetic level. Right. Everybody just felt her, you know, and it was before she'd even opened her mouth, you know. And then she started speaking and I just remember being a kid, like a young, a young woman watching these trials and watching what she had been through and at that moment when she was speaking i got a sense of how 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 time passes sort of for each of us and how how these movements of 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 social justice keep evolving and Mm -hmm. how they become more and more powerful as long as we keep them alive yeah so the fact that this woman had been through all this i mean I don't know what happens to to people after they've been through an experience like she went through in the 1990s when no one believed her. Nobody believed her, right. you know. Yeah. Except for a small but dedicated group of people who said, "Yeah, we, you know." But so but she could have easily folded up mm-hmm. and just said, "You know what? I'm just going to be quiet and teach and not really like interact with people anymore." But she hasn't done that. She's yeah. gone on to become this extraordinary advocate and person and and so I think I just kind of, in that moment also, I just realized, like, you know, if she can do it, I think I can probably ramp up whatever it is that I'm supposed to be doing, you know? <laughs> sure. Like, it just sort of hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm here giving this talk, and that's great, but there is so much more I could be doing, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I still I still think of that. I still remember it quite vividly, how she how she affected me and how she changed the room with her presence. Wow. I, I, as somebody like you who studied theater, I, I've been in the presence of great actors who do that. And certainly I've, I've coached my share of very charismatic speakers, but this was something different. It mm-hmm. was something from the spirit that was forged in a fire, like a public fire. Yeah. 
Yeah. And because of that, she was just on a very, in a very deep way, she was utterly fearless. That's so cool. You know? What a great spark moment. That's so, okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess I kind of, asp- I, I don't know, I guess I kind of aspire to that I don't, in, some, sure. in some way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's, yeah, that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. That's, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I just... I find those things super interesting and everybody's is always very different. And, and, and it's like, it's not like you just have one, you know, there's more than one, but usually there's something that sticks out. That's like that one thing when you're like, Oh yeah, that definitely. Was... Yeah. I think those moments are kind of like touchstones. They're like personal touchstones that we return to. Hopefully we're all kind of, <laughs> hopefully we're all kind of like paying attention. In yeah. Our lives, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like and learning from the stuff that's really important. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It is, it, I find know? I'm fascinated with that and that, when and if this book ever comes out of mind that it's definitely about that you know oh my goodness I hope so yeah I'm very interested in and that's why I keep asking the question to everybody too but um, but I also just find it fascinating so yeah so oh my god so um so let's um uh you are available online at www.aliciadara.com.com yes and it's Mm -hmm. spelled like Alicia Keys um right yep and yeah and best way to connect with you obviously you can do it on social media and we'll have all that stuff in the show notes everybody but um sure but yeah like get on that list of of hers because um she's i know i love your stuff that you put out and you have a great blog and are putting things out all the time Yeah, yeah absolutely and i feel like um so we should you know, look for your book to come out and uh, maybe you'll give me a nudge when you have a book cover and I'll make sure I certainly will blast that out on social media. And, and um, I'm at Microsoft, you know, I'm available yeah. for hire at Microsoft. I'm a vendor. Yep. I'm available. I would love to come and train some more teams anytime. I love being at Microsoft. It's so international women from all over the world. I get yeah. to work with. I love it. there. Yeah, that's awesome. So all you Microsoft folks that listen, and I know there's a lot of you that do um, check her out and say hi and, uh, you know, tell her, tell, tell her that you heard it out here on the Mavens do a better podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, but no, I so appreciate your time and, and just what you're doing in the world. Thank you for that. And thank you for lifting us all up. You know, it is my pleasure. Heather. It's really wonderful. So, all right. Thank you. And, uh, signing off. Uh, thank you everybody. It was great to be with you again for another Mavens do a better podcast. I hope you have a, yay, yay. And uh, hope you have a wonderful (laughs) day and thanks again. My pleasure. All right. Bye everybody. The original music on this podcast was created by Jesse Case.